0: I'm Teresa Flores, the founder of the SOAP Project, which stands for Save Our Adolescents from Prostitution. Um, I'm a human trafficking survivor, a victim's advocate, and an author. The SOAP Project stands for Save Our Adolescents from Prostitution, and I started it nine years ago because awareness was just starting on human trafficking in the United States, but I wanted to do more than talk about it, uh, which is important. Awareness is super important because there's still people that are like, oh my god, I didn't know this happens here. Um, But I wanted to have an action plan of something people could do. And so we uh, created a label with the National Human Trafficking Hotline number on it. And I asked people to help me, just help me put these labels on these bars of soap and help me take them to hotels and motels around big sporting events. Because we know the demand for sex for sale quadruples before any big event.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, And so that's how it was created.
1: So it's physical soap.
0: It's physical soap, yeah. I mean, every hotel, motel, no matter how nice or how skanky, has to have a bar of soap by Board of Health Regulations. And every girl that's being forced to do this will go into the bathroom to wash up after every man. So um, it was, I mean, from my personal experience, I knew that. And that's why it had to be the bar of soap
1: has this been done elsewhere in that model or no we were the first to do it
0: yeah we were the first to do it um and we now have chapters soap chapters in 23 cities across the united states Um, my hope is to have a soap chapter in every state by 2020 um, because it really is one of the things one of the only things that she will actually see um while she's being trafficked
1: I've seen, like, in, in bars they have yeah. it's a safe word, go to the bar and ask for Angela. Or, I've seen that one. The
0: angel shots. Yeah. I've seen that, too. Ask for an angel shot, and, and they'll call you a taxi, or they'll escort you to your car. Yeah. We need more things like that, for sure.
1: Yeah. What is what's what are you doing while you're in Wisconsin? Can you just talk about your your stop here?
0: Yeah, um, I had an amazing speaking engagement last night where we had over 800 people attend and just hear my story and hear from local people that are doing the work on the ground here, Uh, counselors, lawyers, uh, priests, things like that. Um, and then we're going to be planting the seeds for doing a big soap outreach um, here this coming June, um, because you've got the Ryder Cup coming, and then next year the Republican or the Democratic Convention, and, and though in Summerfest things like that. So those kind of events um, draw human trafficking to your city. I mean, you have it happening in every zip code in every county here um, already, but it's going to quadruple when you get a lot more people coming to town.
1: So this is a a very basic question, Mm -hmm. um, but how do you define human trafficking?
0: That's a great question. Um, It is the recruitment, the harboring, the transporting of an individual um, using force, fraud or coercion for commercial sex or forced labor. Um, Basically, what it means is if you blackmail somebody, you manipulate them or you threaten them into commercial sex or forced labor, then that's human trafficking. Um, We mistakenly call it prostitution. um, And we have to understand that the majority of the women that are prostituting are actually being prostituted. Um, Somebody is over them. Somebody is taking their money, making them do this. And if they're under 18, it's automatically human trafficking. There's no such thing as child prostitution or teen prostitutes. Um, If they're under 18, technically by federal definition, they're a human trafficking victim.
1: Okay, so forgive me if the language isn't right right. here, but I mean there there are sex workers, people that that do it on their own as as a means of income Mm -hmm. and it's a choice. And then there, but you're saying that that's a a way smaller, way, way way smaller than. I'm
0: talking two to 8% are sex workers that, you know, escort women or girl, people that do it by choice. But we've, we've talked to a lot of sex workers and we've asked them, so how many of you do you think were trafficked as children? Meaning under 18 that were sold, you know, and they said probably all of us. So what happens is they get brainwashed and to thinking that this is what they're doing now by choice because they don't know anything else to do and they're very damaged. So even those that are saying they're doing it by choice um, have had something horrific happen to them when they were younger. Does that make sense? Yeah, it okay. does. All right.
1: And I think that that speaks to this this kind of like, well, it's their choice. They're they're doing this on their own and right. it's oh, like yeah. forgetting this whole this this sleazy network of people forcing them to do this. Yeah. Um I think there's a lot of, like, victim blaming or victim shaming almost, right? Oh, my gosh, almost, right?
0: yeah. Um, th- that's the, probably the hardest thing that we have to fight against is people saying, well, she was smiling or she asked me if I wanted to do it, you know. I, we've got a friend that loves to go to strip clubs. You're like, well, she said she's just making money, you know, for college. And, and you're like, you have to remember what's going on inside and the backside of it. People do blame uh, um, us that well you should have told somebody you know you sh- you could have gotten out of it if you wanted to and that's why we don't even know the numbers of how big of a problem this is because we don't come forward because of that that shaming
1: so without being able to quantify just exact you know numbers mm-hmm. um, how do you begin that conversation how do you talk about the the scale of this in in this area. Um,
0: Yeah, so there is a national human trafficking hotline number. It's run by Polaris Project in D.C. And they have done a lot of work to try and figure out just the magnitude of this problem. So they get calls to the hotline number and they say, you know, where are you calling from? And it could be somebody with a tip of something they've seen. It could be a victim saying, help me now. Um, It's a variety of parents wanting information. And so um, they also know the number of arrests that were made the number of prosecutions in their area. So they can come up with a, a good algorithm of how big of a problem this is in your state. Um, and I know from what I've heard, Wisconsin is in the top probably eight states in the country for human trafficking.
1: I think for so many people, hearing this is uh, so surprising, yeah. you know, and yeah. and. No I bet there's Do you face like denial Like no That's not as big of a problem You know You're going around Is there Is this shocking to people That it is such um, Such a problem
0: yeah, I think, um, first of all, we're, we're just starting to hear about it, you know, on a, it, it's, this is the second leading crime in the United States, and it's not on media, it's not on the TV every night, and that's what needs to happen, um, because that I think that will then start to convince people that, oh my gosh, this is a problem, I've been hearing a lot about it, but we need to get it on the nightly news, you know, um, that would help a lot, but, um, yeah, there are people that are like, well, I just don't understand this, like, they can't even wrap their minds around it.
1: Yeah, and when you're talking about about something so manipulative and personal and... Uh, it's hard to talk about just in general.
0: I'd imagine. It is. It's a it's a depressing subject, you know. When people, I'm on a plane or whatever, and people are like, so what do you do? <laughs> it's like, well, let me tell you, you know, it's, you know, one of those like, oh God, you know, I'm sorry I asked her, but I was like, uh, and I used to feel bad, but now um, I feel like that's an opportunity to be able to enlighten somebody on the on the issue, and maybe change what they thought about it. So yeah, there's a lot of of people that think that human trafficking um, is only someone that was kidnapped. Or somebody that's happening overseas, they don't think of it as a parent selling their child. You know, in a rural section, a rural town of Wisconsin, they don't think of it as um, a boyfriend that is now convincing his girlfriend to run away and go work in the strip clubs. They, they don't understand the magnitude of it.
1: Can you just kind of maybe explain? some of the cycle like how this Mm. starts yeah that's
0: a great question um vulnerability is the first is the first thing and it's important to know that any kid can be vulnerable every kid is vulnerable. Um I was a rich kid and had two parents and wasn't molested or didn't do drugs. I was a good kid and yet I was still vulnerable and that's why I got trafficked is because of that vulnerability. Um so that's number 1. Parents that, you know, do drugs or maybe it's a one parent family, maybe one of the parents is incarcerated. Um that's going to make them automatically at risk. So I guess it kind of goes down to are they being supervised? Uh, you know, Are the parents checking in on them? Are they um, monitoring their cell phones and their online um, access? That's really important. So that makes them vulnerable. Um, but the process is, it, these pimps, these traffickers, they notice, they're looking, they, know, they look for those vulnerable kids. It might be a young girl walking around the mall by herself late at night because she doesn't want to be at home. And so he sees that and he just starts to be nice to her and these kids are starved for attention you know most 15 year old girls are starved for attention no matter what kind of family she comes from and he just tells her everything that she wants to hear and starts to show her you know caring buying her things maybe her family doesn't isn't well off and he starts to get her a new cell phone and and new jeans and it's done like that like we we used to call it courting you know like you're you're you know sweet on somebody and you're being nice to them but this is actually grooming but the only difference between grooming and courting is that you have a malintent afterwards so um, they might start partying with them getting them to do drugs and then eventually um, ask them to say hey let's go you know let's go to this party and then just never take them back home Um, or blackmail them with photos which was like what my situation was Um, a lot of times there's blackmail involved like we'll tell your parents things like that
1: it just seems so evil you it know? Is and evil. It, it, I mean yeah. it doesn't seem it is so evil right yeah. and uh, I just
0: but these guys are making a lot of money off of this this is a big business um, you know an average pimp makes three hundred thousand dollars a year doing this and they have no no conscience about it at all to me to them it's just property I know but then okay but then let's turn the tables who's the ones buying them like right. if, if we didn't have a buyer, then right. we would not have this problem. And that's I think what we need to talk about is these men who are purchasing young women and children for this. I mean, if we if we stopped that, then we could actually cure this problem.
1: And where are they going to to make this happen.
0: Yeah, Um, so it used to be Craigslist, which is still on Craigslist under like friends looking for friends. Um, And then it was Backpage, and it was under Escort. Um, And we were successful at getting Backpage um, taken off and but now there's like Bed Page and there's a lot of different other sites that they're going on um to, you know, hook up with people, make a date, they call it. Um, it. it's a little bit, you know, driving down the street and looking for somebody, a street walker, but that's really not what we're talking about and that's not what we see very much.
1: So it's it, the vast majority of it is happening on these online these, these back and, yeah. type of sites. Yep. It shouldn't be surprising that these sort of sex crimes happen online. But I would just think there would be so much fear of getting caught. Yeah.
0: um, I mean, how many guys do you know that have gotten arrested for, you know, picking up a prostitute? And I mean, it doesn't happen very often. The police are not getting out there as often as we need. We need them going out every night because I guarantee you they're going out there arresting the prostitute. every night so um, and she's really the she's the victim she's not the criminal the criminal is the one buying her so it's a a whole process of educating law enforcement prosecuting attorneys judges the community that hey dude if you're gonna buy somebody online you're gonna get caught um, because you can't buy people in our country so it's a whole re-education of the way we used to think of prostitution
1: I noticed as I was sitting here, just lost for words <laughs> and use that you used that opportunity to to pivot to that as you know the the problem is that we are prosecuting and shaming the mm-hmm. the victims, yeah, here, you
0: know, and there's people that will say, hey, it's just a good old boys or it's just um, there's another saying that people always uh, boys will be boys, um, you know, saying about you know, this is the oldest profession in the world. It's like, no, this is the oldest oppression. You know, because we, we haven't successfully stopped this. Other countries have. Other, and the way that they've stopped it is that they've made it legal for her to sell herself, because it's your body. Hey, if you want to do that, fine. But it's, Ill, but it's illegal to buy another person. And that is the way these countries like Sweden um, have successfully stopped and done a major harm reduction in their country about human trafficking.
1: So just clarify that, that a little yeah, bit, because yeah. right now it's illegal to do both, right? It's illegal to do both. Right, it's a misdemeanor
0: so. if you get caught selling yourself or buying somebody. Um, but obviously the Johns, the the perpetrators, are not getting arrested. But she's continually getting arrested. If you have over three, you know, misdemeanors, it's now a felony, and now she can't get a job and she can't get an apartment. All right, and yet nothing has happened to him. So there's different talk out there about legalizing prostitution as a whole or also decriminalizing prostitution. And so we believe um, the majority of us in this fight in this movement believe that legalization of it would be a horrible thing to happen. I mean, look at Amsterdam, you know. I mean, these the countries that have done that have decided like, oh wow, that was a bad decision because the pimps are just waiting for us to do that cuz then they got free market. They can't be arrested. Um, but if we decriminalize it, meaning we're not going to see her as a victim, or as a criminal, she's a victim, but we say it's illegal to buy, then with that we can actually stop this com- completely.
1: Got it. So it takes away the, this path to felony right. for, the, for the woman right? Um, while keeping the penalty in place for the john.
0: Right. It's supply and demand. If he knows he's going to get arrested for this, then there's no, you know, there's no job for her, you know, nobody being able to sell her. So that actually so that actually fixes the problem. But it's hard. I mean, like, OK, is Wisconsin going to be the first state to do that? You know, it's hard to be the the first one to do it. And it's something, though, that legislators need to take a hard look at.
1: It's a shame and to uh, oppress women. Right. And I mean, that's a that's a systemic It is. It is
0: definitely systemic.
1: So I guess like what's what's next? Like, how do we, you know, awareness obviously is the first is the first phase. And being that so many people are becoming aware of this now for the first time, um, obviously decriminalization, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, for the, the women who are in this. But what else can be done and what do we do to combat this?
0: Um, I mean, well, helping us do our soap outreaches, you know, we need manpower. We we need people to label bars of soap, to donate um, to, for us to buy the soap. And we actually now use makeup remover wipes as well that we give the high-end hotels. Um, and those are kind of costly, but... You know, if the Hiltons and Marriotts aren't going to take our kind of soap, then we need to find something that we can put this phone number on and give to them. And luckily, they all take the the makeup remover wipes. Um, And you know, we do a lot of printing. We print these missing children's posters of kids that are missing from this area. So it takes a lot of manpower to pull off a soap outreach. um, And we're going to be doing it this June and and continuing it. I mean, all across you know the Milwaukee area down to Elkhorn, um, up to Green Bay. So we'll be swamping the area so people can help with with soap. Um, you know, they can talk to their friends, you know, have have this conversation. Um there's some movies out there they can watch. Have a speaker come to their school or whatever. So um, there's a lot of things that you can do to fight this.
1: And as a parent, you talked mm-hmm. about um, you know, being vulnerable and yeah. what what are th- some things that parents could be doing or should be keeping an eye on for their kids to make sure yeah. that you know, they're doing all they can do.
0: Well, i'll just give you an example of what my parents could have done so i was blackmailed with photos and um and they would call my room at the middle of the night and say you need to come now and i would sneak out and in my house it was really easy to sneak out and so then i would meet the car and be taken to homes all around the area and be sold to men and i would sneak back inside um, around four in the morning. And go to sleep so obviously my grades dropped from A's and B's to D's and F's but they just assumed that it was oh we have just moved to this new area and it's just she's having a hard time adjusting nobody asked that one extra question Um, I got sick a lot I had migraines and stomach aches because of the stress Um, and nobody said you know is something going on I was falling asleep in class all the time, and they just thought it was normal teenage hormones. Everybody just assumed. So um, parents just need to up their ante. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. right. I mean, and that wasn't, it started off with the photos. Like, oh, we're going to show these to everybody. Um, And then it it increased to, well, we're just going to kill your family. You know, we're going to kill your brothers. And they would follow me and my little brother. We walked to school every day. And so I was the oldest with three younger brothers. So they held that over my head. And um, when you're a kid, you believe threats very, very easily. Especially when you're being... Um, crushed at night by these these people, you believe anything they say.
1: How did you get out?
0: Um, it was a miracle, um, really, by the grace of God. Um, most do not get out of this. Um, a trafficking victim has a forty percent higher chance of death than anybody else. um usually by murder of her of the John, the perpetrator, murder from the pimp, drug overdose or suicide. Um, my dad actually got transferred and he got transferred, um, a thousand miles away. And I didn't tell a single friend that I was leaving and really was able just to crouch down on the floor of my van and, and leave. And that, that doesn't happen. I mean, that, I don't know of a single survivor that got to escape like that. So I, I think that God had something big planned for me for sure.
1: Well. Did you, I mean, did you tell your parents, or I assume you did at some point, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I've been on the Today Show in a few places, and so it'd be kind of hard to hide these days. So how did Um, did that happen? uh, About five years later, after I graduated college, uh, I sat them down and just told them a tiny little bit about what had happened. And um, they were shocked. They had no idea that, you know, this was going on, that I was sneaking out, nothing um, because, I mean, we slept with our bedroom door shut all night. You know, when you go into bed, you went to bed and you saw each other the next day. Um, so uh, my dad was angry. He's like, I'm going to get my gun and go shoot these guys. And uh, my mom was just stunned into silence. But nothing happened. Like, they didn't call the police. And even though we lived in a different state then, they could have called the police, reported it. And we could have prosecuted them. But they were the kind of parents that were like, you know, you have a nice life. Let's... You know, bad things happen, you know, just go on with your life. And um, and I did that for a while. I did that. And then when I learned what had happened to me was called human trafficking and that I wasn't the only one, that there's hundreds of thousands of Teresas out there, I realized I can't keep silent anymore. And I told them I'm going on the Today Show and, and talking about this. I'm writing a book and they they didn't like that they just thought you know this might embarrass the family i'm like this is this is why this is continuing because we need to have this conversation
1: um what's your relationship like now with
0: them oh good i mean um it's difficult to talk to them about this they're very proud of me of what i've accomplished in the books that i've written and and what i've done Um, but it's still a difficult conversation to have yeah
1: yeah um and how old were you during this time during the time I was trafficked trafficked,
0: um 15 to 17 years of age so sophomore end of my sophomore and all my junior year
1: okay is there anything else that you wanted to share about that time I'll just leave it general but is there anything else that that you want to share
0: um you know I I have friends now that I'm reconnecting with from from back then in high school and they're like wow you know we wish you would have told us and if we would have known and Um, but it's that's why it's so difficult it's difficult for a a trafficking victim to talk about it because they don't have the words either and they're being threatened so um, it is just something that it happens in so many different ways there's so many different kinds of victim stories but there's always that commonality as well of being threatened either it's by a parent or a coach i mean being threatened that if you tell you know something's going to happen that's always the underlining um, sometimes it's drugs you know um, we're going to you know cut you off from this drug addiction or but it so it's always something like that happening
1: i can only i i barely can even imagine mm-hmm. and just like when you're 15 16 17 you know during your life mm-hmm. dealing with this alone yeah. and not not being able to turn to anybody not your parents not your friends right Which is why it doesn't surprise me that, you know, that's where the drugs come in. That's where the, that's why people don't survive often from from this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could clearly see um, when I look at other survivors who went the whole trafficked as a kid and then went the whole strip club routine and drugs and prostitution on on the streets. I can see at what point in my life I made that turn and I didn't go down that way. And I think for me it was resilience. It was because maybe of my family values and stuff that I'm like, I am not going to do this I will find my way out and I still had hope. A lot of them when you lose hope is when you go down that other road and um, and they do turn to drugs. They self medicate because they're not getting counseling. They they have PTSD. Uh, it's super hard. Like you know, depression. A lot of them um, ran away and they didn't finish high school. They don't have a driver's license. So they really have only thing they have is the street and that pimp. And they don't know there's other options.
1: I think in our culture we look at rape as like the worst thing that that, that a man can do, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like there's th- there's rape. It's, it's like that's the worst thing that you can do to another human being. Is and I, f- I feel like that's something that most people agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have this where there's this idea that it's kind of voluntary and it's not quite as bad. And the the Johns don't really see themselves as predators and rapists. Right. Um. But they kind of are yeah, in a way, right? Sure. So th- I I just feel like we see sex crimes in a unfair, incorrect way, just as a society. And mm-hmm. I just want to get your take on that. Like, yeah, um, how, do, you know, how are we, how are we viewing this? Is it because it's so taboo that we don't want to talk about it or?
0: Well, it's a moral issue and it's hard to tell, to dictate somebody's morals, right? I mean, we know generally what's, what's good and bad, um, but we have to start seeing this as a social problem that we need to change it socially because of that, because of, you know, it's okay for a man to buy another woman she's offering, right? Um, and he, that's what his, he's going to say, well, she was right there. She asked me, um, but he needs to take back, take a step back and say, why is she doing this? Like, is somebody making her do this? Because who in their right mind would want to have sex with 20 men a night? Cause that's what, that's what happens. Um, She, and you don't know how nice this guy will be or how evil he will be. A lot of guys try to get their, you know, their fetishes, their fixes that way and want to role play and are into pornography. And it's extremely violent um, to these women. Who wants to have sex with twenty men a night? And don't tell me that when you pull up to the car and you you know you're asking her for sex, it's because she wants to do it. If if she was honest with you, if she could be honest with you, she would tell you, I do not want to do this. You know, either I don't know any other option or he's making me do this. And so that's what we need to see is take those rose colored glasses off and see this for what it really is.